movies, music, television, and more. This is Entertainment. 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 Rebooted. Only on WZIP. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the One Piece Live Action Review. This is episode five. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, well, then I don't know how you got to episode five, but welcome. You know, welcome to episode five. My name is Sava. I'm joined by, again, the two biggest fans of One Piece I know. On my left, he knows way more about this. He knew I was excited about some characters that appeared in this episode, and he's got the biggest smile I've seen on his face. It's Jeremiah. How you doing? I'm doing really good. Um, you know, I can't wait to talk about this episode. Anyway, it was an exciting episode. And on my right, I have someone who is new to One Piece, but he's just as, just as excited as the rest of us. And, you know, he pointed out that someone had some impressive facial hair in today's episode. And I'm just like, <laughs> man, you're making me jealous. It's Trey. How you doing, man? I'm doing swell today, man. I'm doing good. Glad to hear. Are we excited and ready to talk about this episode of One Piece? Yes, sir. All right. Well, we're going to, as always, talk about the non-spoiler segment. Today's episode might be a bit shorter on the non-spoilers. There's not a whole lot we can discuss without spoiling things, but we hope you'll stick with us for that, and then we will jump straight into spoilers. So to start things off, what did we feel? how do we feel about this episode over the previous episodes? Because very quickly before I throw it to you guys, I was very satisfied, very excited about this episode, uh, considering the characters that were involved and just how there was a bit more dialogue versus the previous episodes. And I think this was the best episode to show some of the crew's character growth and character arc as a whole, and I want to know what you guys think. Yeah, I agree with you on dialogue, because there is a scene with um, Nami and um, Zoro where they kind of became closer. So I like the dialogue for sure in this one. The uh, Overall, just theme, and I feel like, it was, of course, like we talked about before uh, before recording, it was better than last episode, so in our opinion, uh, I just liked it more than last episode. I thought it was more interesting, more captivating, that makes sense. Definitely held my attention better than yeah, the last sure. one. Jeremiah, what about you? Like, What are your thoughts on this episode? I agree that it was definitely better than the last one. I do believe the dialogue, also just the care. I do think the characters really did come out a lot more in this episode. We truly got to see what I believe was the best versions of them from the anime put them into live action each of them really invited it here the most than any of the episodes so far i think i can agree with that and it definitely felt like they pulled more and took more insp inspiration from source material there were some scenes that were not in this episode but they might be in the next episode we'll talk about that during our spoilers the dynamic between that trey touched on nami and zoro there were without spoiling without spoiling things there is some dialogue between the two and we kind of get a deeper look between the two more so nami than zoro we'll talk about that right now but the character development there was very much appreciated it fleshed out the characters more uh we got to see the crew you know luffy zoro nami and usopp all of them interacting uh at the location where they all met up yeah and just seeing the camaraderie and the dialogue happen there was very appreciated and it's like their camaraderie in the live action at this point is stronger than it was in the anime where they would be. So in the anime, if you were to chalk it up to the exact episode, they're still kind of fragmented. They're still trying to figure each other out. They're like, they, they stop saying we're not a crew, but they're all like, okay, we'll stay together, but only for our individual needs. 
versus now it's like, yeah, we're together because we all have our own individual needs and goals, but we're all kind of getting along and we're almost an actual crew with how much we're getting along. And I think that it's only going to be stronger with the final three episodes that we'll be reviewing coming soon. I mean, I feel like they're definitely friends and they're tight and stuff like that, but I think in the back of their head, at least in some of the crew members' heads, they do want to, I wouldn't say escape, but just, like, get out of there. Uh, And it's kind of evident if you watch throughout the episode, and we'll talk about it later. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like they're definitely getting more comfortable with them with each other. And considering Usopp just joined and the next episode, he's like part of the family, uh, kind of shows how how close they get over time. And I mean, even though it was like one day, but still, you know, what I'm saying it's pretty cool to see. It was cool to see. Yeah. And from episode four to episode five, how episode four ended with, you know, uh, Admiral Garp. And Kobe and them chasing after Luffy and how the episode started without, you know, saying much. It's like, you know, the episode starts, you know, they are still trying to escape from Garp and the whole dialogue sure, surrounding Garp and how the episode included Garp and his involvement. You know, it wasn't fleshed out too much of why he's involved and how he's involved, but just like the notes and touches on why he's there was, I think, important and much appreciated and just the character dynamics and growth, especially from uh, Kobe and his involvement with this episode concerning Garp and a third party that Garp talks to, did not see coming. I definitely didn't see that coming in this episode. And did it not have an anime the way it did in so the way they, the way they did it, Garp, Kobe, and the third party that we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Yeah, uh, that didn't exactly happen that way in the anime. Uh, the third party more or less just basically happened to show up um, uh, to where the straw hats are. Makes sense. And versus this, it's like he gets called in, or the character gets called in, and Garp talks to them and negotiates a deal. For I him. mean, the character does seem like he does whatever he wants, honestly. We'll, and we'll, we'll talk about it. I'm, we will talk I'm, about I'm sorry. it. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. I'm just like... Get you on a rant, though, because I know you're uh, pretty fond of this character. <laughs> They're one of the coolest characters, uh, definitely a fan favorite across uh, all One Piece fans, but I don't think there's too much else we can really say that doesn't spoil things, so yeah. as per usual, guys, this is your spoiler warning. Overall, our thoughts, I think we are all, we're all on the same page. This episode was way better than episode four. For sure. A lot of character development, a couple fight scenes in here that were really good. Yeah. Could, again, the fight scenes can always be better, but- Way better than uh, last episode. Two, and, what was it? A two minute and thirty second fight. Yeah, that was an episode. That was an episode for a two and a half minute <laughs> fight, like with with Kuro. It was like you got to be kidding me, man. Like yeah. anyway, episode's way better. Uh, I think this is. I if if the season ended here, I would be like, this is this was peak, but it's not ending here. So I'm excited for the next episode. So go watch the episode if you haven't, and go listen to the previous One Piece reviews if you haven't. This is your spoiler warning. So, with the spoiler warning officially done, I'm just going to come out and say it. This episode was fantastic. The characters that appeared, I was grinning from ear to ear as soon as the episode started, considering the fact that we got to see Luffy use his gum gum powers to deflect the cannonball back at Garp after he picks up a cannonball and just mocks Mox That just shows how powerful Garp is. Yeah. He does not have any double fruit powers. He doesn't have 
He has nothing? Nothing. He is just an admiral. He is an old dude that is Luffy's grandfather, and he is... Hey. He, if, if if I were to say he's that guy in terms of, like, you know, being, the, being in the Marines, he's that guy. He is that guy. He is, like, he is the man, the myth, the legend, because he's the one that brought in Goldie Roger. Yeah. You got to remember that, and, you know, in the first episode, we see him bringing in Goldie Roger and having him executed. So his reputation definitely, definitely precedes him. And he warrants not only respect, but the fear that from the pirates and the fear from some of the Marines, because some of the Marines do actually are like, it's Commander Garp, like, oh boy, I'm scared. But with that, like the intimidation of Garp, I'm I'm pretty gr- uh, proud of um, Kobe's episode. And um, some instances, he kind of stood up to Garp. And uh, even though I don't think he should have, well, he's a good person. He saved Helmepo when the Bridges following Luffy bounced it back to the uh, Marine ship and the uh, the helm or whatever. I don't know. What the mast. Yeah, the, the mast. sail. I don't know yeah. ships at all. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he saved him up. And I, I don't know. Kobe's, like, I was talking about it last time, how he's um, kind of annoying, how he doesn't go go with his true self. But in this episode, he really, he outshined. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that for sure. Kobe definitely shined in this episode, and I do. Uh, let's just cover Kobe and his and him and Garp's involvement in this episode before we talk about the main, the main dish, so to speak, of the episode that is the Straw Hat Crew. So, beginning of the episode, like I said, Luffy, you know, stops the Marines and they escape. Yeah, uh, we get a scene on the ship where they're trying to repair the ship. Garp's like, "How far out are we?" It's like, "Well, the ship will be repaired soon." And Kobe comes forward and he suggests, "Why don't we just get back up?" There's another. Uh, marine ship nearby that's doing training we can get back up and capture these straw hats and Garp is just telling him no we we don't need backup I'm doing this my way and what does he go and do he walks into his office so to speak the whole step into my office you know kind of kind of meme there but he goes into his office on the ship he pulls out a snail transponder snail and he and what does he do he go and ring ring not progresso no it is I Mihawk he rings up Mihawk and Mihawk is in the middle of a battlefield, getting cannons shot at him, and the whole fight scene was crazy. One man army. <laughs> I think he is one of the coolest characters. Arguably, you could even make an army. He is the coolest. Yeah. Just his whole character, his personality, even his design. His design just oozes. His eyes are pretty cool. Yes, his his design just oozes words that I cannot say here at ZADA. But if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> You know what I'm saying. He is, it, again, if you were to point out a pirate, it'd be like, he's that guy, he is that guy. Another that guy moment. He is just untouchable. Yeah. And Garp brings him up, and again, he's like, Mihawk, I need a favor. I need you to go after my grandson. And Mihawk has his hands full. He's like, why do you want me to go after this like young upstart small fry? Like, I don't get it. Garp's like, oh, he's not to be underestimated. Mihawk is still in the middle of battle. He's like, all right, fine. Let me take care of business first. And who do we see make an appearance? Jeremiah. The the, the pirate that made an appearance in front of Mihawk. Cannon guy? Was uh, Don Cree? Mm-hmm. Don, Don Cree. Don Cree. You, you looked at me like, wait, wait, wait. I'm it's like, been so long since <laughs> I heard the name Don Cree. So. so I won't lie to you. When Don Cree showed up, I wasn't disappointed. His design was great, and he looked amazing. I just expected his armor to be bigger, like it was in the anime. Because in the anime, uh, when Don Krieg shows up, 
in the anime. He is beaten up and he does he would fight Luffy in the anime. I don't know if he will in this live action, but when he fights under his armor, he has a variety of weapons. He's got like poison darts. He's got guns. He's got nets. He's got a, a, a whole arsenal in his armor that he just uses. He's got like guns and machine guns, missiles. I don't know. He, he's got a lot of stuff under that armor. Yeah. So just him having like the shoulder cannon and him just immediately drawing the pistols on Mihawk, I was like, I'm satisfied. That was great. And just having Mihawk just show how cool he is and how great he is with his sword just completely just cut the bullets. It's one big sword, too. It's a big sword. <laughs> and did he handle it with one hand, or was it like two? I'm pretty sure it was one. I think it was two. Okay. Well, he handles it with two hands. He, he two hands the sword in the episode. I, I don't recall if he did it with one hand in that scene, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. But, I mean, he's cool enough. He deflected the whole cannon and, like, split a ship in half by deflecting that cannon. So, yeah, that uh, claims how strong he is. I mean, he did wipe out, like, 5,000 pirates. Pretty much. So, But, like, on top of, like, just basically defeating Don Krieg in a matter of seconds, before he did, he cut the ship in half. He's on the beach, and he's just like, oh, I see a ship out there. Let me just swing my sword and just cut it in half. Oh, he cut it in half? He didn't... Ba- Basically, yeah, that ship was cut in half. Yeah. And that is, that's basically Mihawk's, he doesn't have devil fruit powers as well. The sword he has, which we'll touch on when we get to a scene later involving another character, uh, basically the sword is one of the greatest swords that you could ever have. It is arguably the po- most powerful sword for the most powerful swordsman. That is, again, Mihawk. Mm-hmm. So he can basically, whatever moves and attacks he does, he can kind of like just project them as like physical objects, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So if he wa- if you're like half a mile away, and he sees you, he could just basically swing his sword and cut you from a distance. He makes his attacks go, Huh? is the best way I can describe it. I mean, that sounds pretty powerful. It is is pretty powerful. So the whole conversation between Garp and Mihawk happens. Mihawk is successful and agrees, okay, I'll go find this Luffy. And Kobe hears this entire conversation. He eavesdrop on this conversation. Yeah. And he's not exactly a fan of Garp asking a pirate to, you know, go get another pirate. So in the next scene that shows up between Kobe and, you know, Helmeppo, they're on the ship, you know, Kobe's like, I think you're right, Helmeppo. And Helmeppo immediately just mic drops like, I've always been right. What are you talking about? You know, I'm classic Helmeppo. Classic Helmeppo moment. Like Helmeppo is just like, this is a W for me. It's always been a W. (laughs) And Kobe sitting there because he heard Garp's conversation. He asked Helmeppo, he's like, well, who is this Mihawk guy? And this is where we get the context of who Mihawk is. He is one of the seven warlords, and he is the best swordsman alive, as stated by not only Helmeppo, but is basically classified by all the pirates and the world government in the world of One Piece. Yeah. Basically, the world government enlists the seven warlords to work together, as explained by Helmeppo. Basically, to to explain what the seven warlords are, the seven warlords are the seven most strongest pirates in the world of One Piece. So rather than letting the world government let them do what they want when they please and just ruin the world, they didn't defeat or capture them because they were so strong. Rather, they asked them, work for the world government when we ask you to, and we will pardon you, basically. 
and you can still be a pirate. You will have free reign, free will, but you must respond to the world government when asked. That is what that is the seven warlords, and again, Mihawk is one of them. So when Garp called him, he had basically no choice but to agree. He was just asking, why are you having me do this with a small fry upstart yeah. pirate? And Helmeppo just basically, at the end of it all, he says, quote, you can tie a knot, but you don't know how the world works, Kobe. And that kind of speaks volumes, I think, to Kobe still developing as a character. But Helmeppo also, yeah, he's a jerk, but he's telling Kobe, he's like, you're still young. You don't know how this world works. This is a rough world out here. Yeah. And I got to ask, what do you think of the dynamic between Kobe and Helmeppo? Uh, Helmeppo just basically kind of giving him a history lesson and being like, Listen, kid, you got some stuff you still need to learn. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just like a a, a, a brotherhood, like kind of. I wouldn't say unwanted, but you know, they don't like each other. Uh, it's obvious that they don't like each other. But he does try to teach Kobe in a way. Um, he tries to tell him what's real, and like he's like the reality of uh for Kobe, and Kobe's just like this dreamy kind of like. Well, yeah, I want to help people all the time, and but yeah, I don't know. I think Helmeppo is just that, that that realness for him. So, I completely agree. I believe that they work well together because they're so different in ideologies. Again, like he said, Kobe believes that it's this. Okay, well, if I want to do this, then I can do it. I want to save people, so I'm going to do it. But Helmeppo is the realness. It's like you can save people, but you're not going to always do it the way you want. Or there's things in this world you might not understand that's going to affect the way you have to save someone or if you can save someone. And so I'm glad they were able to keep that here in the live action, and I think it translated perfectly. I think it was it definitely fit, like, what they pulled from the anime, basically. it, The scene with Helmeppo and how he just, like, gave a reality check to Kobe, keeping him basically grounded in reality, I think fit very well. The inspiration that they took from the anime in that sense fit very well, I think. I do want to ask as well, before we go any further, with uh, the scenes with Kobe and Garp in this episode, what did you think of Mihawk's design and just like his introduction? Uh, I kind of skipped over that, but I want to get your guys' thoughts. Like, what do we think of Mihawk? Is he like the the coolest character in One Piece, you think? Or do you think, uh, do you, like, is he, did he take your spot of favorite character? Let me ask that. Honestly, I don't even know if I have a fifth character. I've never really, really thought about it too much. He's def- his introduction was definitely cool for me. It was cool to see how, like, uh, he was battling when he got called up. Just from, like, the scene where we talk about he split the ship in half, I think that was... I know he's, like, one of the most powerful just from that. I mean, we haven't really seen anybody else do that, uh, especially with swords. Like, Zoro has swords, and I don't know. We haven't seen Zoro do that much. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think I definitely am excited to see him return in uh, future episodes as favorite right now. I don't I don't know if I would say favorite. I probably just like the Straw Hats, just the Straw Hats as a group. Fair enough, fair enough. A person. Um, for me personally, he definitely took the spot of my favorite character from the first time I saw him <laughs> to even in live action. I just think the whole, I love the way he cut his wanted poster as the like introduction to him. It was so beautiful of a transition. Again, his design, he looks so cool. And I do believe for a while he's going to hold that favorite position until we meet some straw hats later on that take it. But as for now, he's definitely one of the coolest we've seen from his demonstration of power 
in the fight scene, I I think Mihawk was truly <laughs> just, I think he was done perfectly. Just how he kind of, I might be misremembering from the anime, but just how he has not like a dry tone, but just how he plainly talks yeah. back to Garp, like, all right, you know, like he just, just the way chef's kiss. <laughs> I can't describe in detail how much I loved Mihawk's introduction. Like you said, Jeremiah, the the wanted poster, how he cuts it. And even to that extent with the wanted poster, how um, Don Krieg comes on the scene and he just like grabs the poster out of the air and like rips it up and everything. It was just beautiful. Like the chef's kiss. Whoever did that and proposed that, you deserve a raise. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Because that, that was just if you did that for a teaser trailer for like the episode or included that in the teaser for One Piece, I would have been way more excited. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad it was in the episode and I'm glad that the introductions for all these characters that we've seen so far throughout One Piece have been relatively solid and good so far. Yeah. But the final scene that we have in this episode concerning Kobe and Garp is Kobe, as I said earlier, overheard Garp's uh, discussion with Mihawk. So Kobe walks in on Garp and he's having dinner and he's having steak and he's eating as much as Luffy, if not more. He's on his like fifth or sixth steak and he's like, oh, are you hungry, Kobe? And Kobe's like, no, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I was just eating steak, just steak. Just, just steak, man. Talk a man who loves his meats. And yeah. I mean, hey, Luffy takes after his grandpa, I'll tell you that. Yeah. His heartburn must be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably, I mean, he's. You're on the sea. You're just having steak. There's nothing else. You're probably having uh, alcohol on top of that. It's just like, how are you living? Yeah, I was going to say, their bodies are probably messed up. I don't know. He's just like, ah, this is nothing. It's about a Tuesday to me. Garp Garp would probably say that. It's like, oh, for me, it's just another Tuesday. A man of all men. Exactly. A man of all men. But Kobe comes in and he asks him, you know, why did you contact me, Hawk? You know, I thought we were doing this our way. And Garp mentions how he joined the Marines 50 years ago and that over time, things change. And that is not only with the Marines, but as just in life. Things change the longer life goes on. Yeah. And he basically just describes in summary that he turned down a promotion to be like the head honcho of the Marines just to keep his freedom and keep doing things the way he wants to. And that kind of counteracts Helmeppo's point of or in in contrast with it, and it goes along with it, that you don't know how the world works, Kobe. So Kobe's still trying to figure out how he wants to do things. Does he want to follow his heart and his dreams of, like, protecting everyone and saving everyone, or does he go by the Marine set standard of the ends justify the means is the best way to describe it. And Garp is kind of like that middle ground, I feel like. He's like, Yes, there are times where he's had the follow orders, but there are times where he went against orders. And I feel like Garp is the person to more go against orders and do things his way than follow the Marines. And I got to ask, what do we think of that whole dynamic and that pro- that situation that goes on there? Do you think Kobe is going to, as Garp asked him as he was leaving, fit into that Marine uniform? Or do you think he's just going to not fit in that marine uniform as garp put it like he said he he's asking him do you fit in that marine uniform and i thought that was like a very subtle way of asking him do you still want to be a marine i mean kobe was like i don't know if i could be a marine if we're not helping people the way he imagined it uh i think he'll definitely have to conform um 
this Marine stuff has been his dream. And if he walks out, I mean, I don't know what he would really do. So it's kind of something that you have to just, it's not going to be uh, sunshine, sunshine and rainbows and stuff like that. It's going to be a little bit of darkness in there. So I definitely think Kobe's a smart guy. So he'll definitely weigh out the options and be like, well, this is, I'm just going to have to do with, do what um everybody else is doing. So. Yeah, I, I believe that he will definitely fit in the uniform. However, I believe he's going to go a similar route to Garp. Instead of just taking orders directly all the time, he's going to do, if he feels that it's the time for him to do it, he's going to do what he believes is the right thing to do at the time. Yeah. And, you know, I can't wait to see him grow as a character on screen. Yeah, that is true. I feel like if there's a certain situation where he has to choose either like uh, the good path or the marine path. I think he'll definitely go with his choice, like the good path. So, I think he definitely will. I agree with the both of you. It's just the in- it's just interesting to see the situation that he's in because, like Helmepo said, you don't know how the world works, and Kobe is getting firsthand life reality checks. Yeah, he uh, is. the world is not so pretty. Like this is the world of marines and pirates. It's kill or be killed. Yeah. And sometimes that means you don't have, you can't do, you can't save everyone. That might mean that you might have to follow orders against what you think is right. And that might, that might mean times where you completely disobey an order to do what you think is right, like how Garp described. Yeah. The growth that we'll see from them without giving too much hints, I think will be great. And I hope that we get a training arc, so to speak, because in the anime, there are a couple episodes and some scenes where Kobe and Helmeppa are training with Garp. And they basically just get the snot beat out of them physically, mentally, emotionally. Man. And it's like they get that they get their dose of reality by training with Garp. So I think this is kind of a substitute for that. And I think it's still fitting for Kobe and Helmepo. I just hope that we get, you know, some actual training with them and that Kobe hopefully we see Kobe develop into a Marine who is not shaking in his boots when he's confronted with the situation because he still doesn't know how to deal with these situations he doesn't he wants to follow orders but then he thinks that the orders are wrong and he just gets in his own head versus where Helmepo right now he doesn't follow what he thinks is right he just follows orders yeah so they're two different people and I think that like you both hinted at their dynamic will only get stronger as we go throughout the seasons of One Piece that hopefully will continue after this one if I could uh like explain their dynamic and a phrase I would say probably like they're gonna be good cop bad cop at the end of the journey that's what I feel like there's gonna be like uh Kobe's gonna be the good cop well he has he knows how the game works and stuff like that but he doesn't let go of that goodness inside of him where he wants to help people and he wants to do the right thing and then Helmepo is just like he's I feel like he's still gonna be by the books but he's definitely still gonna be you know just that real dude, I guess. He's going to be that real guy, but he's going to have, like, a small sensitive side to him. Yeah, yeah, he'll definitely have a sensitive side. Not as much as Kobe, but he'll be, like, just a hair, you know, just a smidge. Yeah, he'll just be, like, he'll he'll try to reject it, too, I feel like. Yeah, he probably will. Yeah. Knowing Helmepo and how he's been so far, he'll, he'll probably be, like, I don't have a soft spot when, like, he, when yeah. he talks about. Yeah, exactly, so. I don't know. It's, I'm excited to see them. Oh, I like Kobe, though. Kobe's getting there. He's he's slowly climbing up the list for characters in in my book. Yeah. Anything you wanted to add on that or just honestly, it it's just crazy to see Kobe grow in real time, especially so quickly. Cause in the anime it takes a while to see the growth, but here since you know it's more sped up, we get to see it a lot more often. 
and I find myself liking Kobe a whole lot more than I did when I watched the anime. So yeah, I definitely say he's up there now, and he's if it goes in the same direction it's been going, he's definitely going to be one of my favorite characters. The growth is more rapid than the anime, I agree, and I'm definitely a big fan of that. And like you just said, you know, hopefully we see him develop into a strong character, a strong Marine, and hopefully uh, he makes more appearances uh, when the time comes. But that is the, the, all the scenes that we have concerning Kobe, Garp, and Helmeppo. Yeah. Now we're going to get into the main meat and potatoes, and that is the Straw Hat Crew. And I'm sorry for all the food puns and <laughs> references I've been saying, you know. So the main meat and potatoes concerning the Straw Hat Crew, you know, the scene, the episode starts out, you know, they're escaping, they get away from Garp. And they're all still scratching their heads like, Fleet Admiral Garp is his grandfather? He, that's Luffy's grandfather? Like, why didn't he tell us that's something important that he should have told us? Yeah. And Nami is scared and skeptical. Someone should go talk to him, see if he's okay about it. And Zoro just walks up and is just like, are you okay, Luffy? Yeah, my hat's a bit messed up, but I'm good. Okay, good talk. And just, that was it. Yeah. Just Luffy doesn't see it as a big deal. Because to him, it's just his grandfather as, you know, a flashback that occurred, Luffy, you know, building a raft, you know, I'm going to be a pirate, you know, yay, here's my ship, and Garp just does not like it, destroys the ship and says, your training starts now. And that, I think, is going to be a hint as to how Luffy kind of got his training, so to speak. And maybe that might also be a springboard in the future of the dynamic that Luffy and Garp share as uh, grandson and grandfather, because there's not much of a dynamic that we see between the two in terms of a relationship. But basically everyone's just like, okay, well, now we have a fleet admiral after us. We're dead. Nami is just trying to navigate through the fog and all of a sudden Luffy's just like, I smell food. And somehow navigates through the fog and I'm just like, that's that's Luffy. That Of yeah. course, typical Luffy. He's just like, I smell butter and oil and meat. And he's just like, meat. Strong sense of smell. Strong sense of smell, strong sense of direction, of course, only when he's hungry. Like, how convenient for him. That is fair. I understand that. When I'm hungry, you know, saying this food, I just like food when I'm hungry. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, you want some food when you're hungry, but yeah, to smell it through the fog, though, that's pretty insane. I was like, all right, you know, they got to get out of the fog somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a great way to do it, bro. It showed you the, who Luffy is even more. You know, when it comes to food, he don't play around. It's, it's game time for him. Yeah. He was just like, we need to get out of this fog. I smell food. It's a win-win. But they get out of the fog, and lo and behold, it's Barretta time. And I'm just going to say, and I'm going to get the fangirling about it out of the way, they did such a great job with this with this entire set. I'm not kidding you. Like, in the anime, it, it's just like a simple kind of like restaurant where the ships can dock you go in and it's a restaurant this is just like there are outside patio sections like the front of the fish mouth is a bar you go inside the restaurant was cool the kitchen like the kitchen looked simple in the anime i mean it's the anime but it looked like an actual running kitchen i was like spot on for the design of the scene especially the inside where the restaurant is looked way i think this was way better than the anime more classy, more stylized, more ambiance, just chef's kiss. It was beautiful. Yeah, it definitely did look like a place you had to get a reservation to. I mean, speaking of reservations, they definitely needed no, one because they did not have a reservation. They didn't have one, no. I mean, what what was it? Uh, Luffy walks in, he's like, oh, yeah, can I get a table? And the guy's like, oh, do you have a reservation? It's like, 
Can you make an exception for the future king of the pirates? Yeah, some thinks he could talk his way into it, you know what I'm saying? And then they go, now me, slip some, 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 some money. He, he's like, oh, basically the money under the under table is like, just give us some shade. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, I got you. Yeah. So Nami's just like, you you think you 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 think you did something, but I I, I did it all. Yeah. Shush. But they get the table, they sit down, and they all just start talking. But they do talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, how Luffy is, you know, related to Garp, and they're just kind of mad that they that, that he didn't tell her. It's not even the fact that his uh, grandfather is the uh, the the admiral. Yeah, the admiral of the Marines. So it definitely felt like they were a little upset about it. I don't know if they really talked about this in the anime. German. I mean, it seemed like Nami was more upset than anybody else, though. Yeah, yeah did- they definitely did not talk about it this early on. When it happened later on, it really they didn't even really talk about it that much. It popped up like once or twice when it first got revealed that they were related. Other than that, though, they kind of just breezed past it and kept it pushing. Because I'm going to say where I think the first time it happened in the, anime, in the anime was, and this is like minor spoiler, but by the time we get to the next arc, I'll like we might forget, wasn't the first time that Garp, like they mentioned Garp being Luffy's grandfather was when they were at Water 7. I believe it was at Water 7 because this was around the whole main conflict with the Straw Hats. Right, because that was the first time I can recall that that it happened and Garp actually makes an appearance and talks in front of Luffy and the crew then as to their relationship. And I can't think of an earlier time that they mentioned it. So That that, that was it. That was the first time it was brought up. And then they kind of are just like, well, yeah, well, that is, it is what it is. I mean, it being mentioned this early, I think, is a good thing. It adds the tension. It adds some room to talk and to have a dialogue between the crew of, like, this is something huge that none of us could have predicted. Why didn't you tell us? And it just adds further issues for the Straw Hat crew, and I just think adds more character growth as a crew because yeah. they're going to have more problems show up. Besides a fleet admiral bring the captain's grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. But they get their seats, they sit down, and we immediately are greeted to Sanji. We get a shot to Sanji, and when they started showing, like, everyone work in the kitchen, I was just like, oh, come on, come on. Like, fingers crossed. Like, <laughs> let's let's see what Sanji looks like, because I never saw it in the trailers. And he looks good. I was shocked. I was like, he still has his hair. Uh, it's not all completely in his face, like not blocking his left eye all the time, but and he doesn't have the crazy curly <laughs> eyebrows. <laughs> but he looked good, and he definitely had the attitude of Sanji. And I was like, you know what, I I dig this. Uh, but Sanji makes his introduction. Him and you know the head cook, that whole dynamic that we briefly get to see. I was like, yes, great. Beat him up. Head chef is like kicking his butt, like, you're not cooking in the kitchen, go out and be a waiter. And he's just like, not a waiter. It's like, how many times do I got to tell you, old man? <laughs> yeah. And that cooking sequence was when he was making that, whatever it was, he was making the uh, top tier food. It was like the fancy dish, and he comes along, he's like, what's this? And he happily like describes it, and immediately he just like sets it off the side. He's like, you're not serving that slot to the customers or whatever. And immediately, so I'm just like, if I have to make meat one more time, I'm. <laughs> If I have to make meat one more time, I'm gonna lose my mind. Yeah, like going stir crazy because all he's made—I guess all he's been cooking is meat. Yeah. I, I kind of get it, you know. As yeah. a, if you're a cook, you know you want to be creative. You want to make different dishes or 
try some new stuff, and he just hasn't really been able to. Yeah, they just kind of haven't fixed many of it. I think that's what's going to get in on his nerves, and he's not able to express his creativity to what he wants to. So, But he gets kicked out of the kitchen by his boss, and he's like, all right, I'll become a server, and we see him walking around, and we are greeted to a scene between two different customers, one being a pirate and one being a different person. It's completely obscure reference, and I only remember because of how absurd the guy's name was. Do you remember the name of the Marine? Oh, I do not. So <laughs> I, I feel bad because I know I'm remembering this off-the-wall off stuff, and it's just like they're, like, they're not even a main important character, but they're just like a, like a side character, and I'm like, they made an appearance? And yeah. for, for context... In the scene, there uh, is an altercation between uh, a Marine and a pirate. And the Marine in question is Iron Fist Full Body, who is a Lieutenant Navy. And in the anime, this character makes an appearance. And when he shows up to Beretta, um, he shows up with a date and he, you know, they get their food, they get the soup, and he gets the wine. And he tries to impress his girlfriend as the entire restaurant sees and recognizes who he is. He's like, oh, this wine is great. It tastes like sour and bitter. It's this one, is it not? And Sanji in the anime completely corrects him and just like puts a spoon in his hand. It just says, enjoy your soup before it gets cold and embarrasses him. So completely like obscure reference to the anime, but just a side character that I guess they decided to throw in there. Yeah. And in the live action, you know, he's arguing with the pirate. You know, he's like, I forget what the exact argument was. It was kind of silly. Very silly. And Sanji's just like, oh, you know, no fighting. You know, take it outside. And they're like, okay, okay. Now nah, we're going to fight here and start throwing hands. <laughs> and immediately Sanji just kicks their butts with only his feet. Yeah. And that is, I didn't expect to actually see Sanji like briefly fight anyone at all and just show off his fighting prowess using only his legs, no doubt. And immediately Luffy just sees this and is just like, oh, interesting. He's a good fighter. He's a good fighter. What else can he do? Like, the gears start spinning for Luffy, and we're just like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here we go. But Sanji makes his introduction, and he says, quote, hi, welcome to our certain word restaurant where the only thing worse than the ambiance is the food. My name is Sanji. What can I get for you? And I'm just like, perfect like because in the anime Sanji is always disgruntled towards people like just people in general but as soon as he sees someone that he finds attractive in front of him like Nami he immediately just lightens up his tone changes his attitude changes and he immediately like describes like seven different drinks or something to Nami and takes their order and it was just like all right that's the kind of person you are Sanji I see you okay yeah and I just want to ask like what was your initial impressions of Sanji after seeing him mm-hmm. In the kitchen, handle, you know, that fight and just, like, how he introduced himself to the Straw Hats. Do you think he's, like, what do you think of Sanji after okay. his introduction there? I know uh, I know a little bit about him beforehand. I just know he's a lady. Uh, he likes the ladies. Um, so when he, like, mentioned the blonde girl in the kitchen and all that kind of stuff, I was like, okay, okay. He's kind of in character. And I like the, uh, the casting that they did. He looks like a smooth talker, a smooth operator, like a... He looks like Sanji. I mean, when he walked up to Nami, he's just like, oh, I didn't see you there. And it just starts trying to, like, flirt with her and stuff like that. And Nami's not going. And then at the end, when he leaves, 
I think it's funny how everybody's like, ooh, Nami has a boyfriend. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I like Sanji, though. His character introduction was um, probably one of my favorites. And Nami just saying after that, it's like, you guys are the worst. You know, just like, again, camaraderie just shining through and how their their friendship is growing. For sure. But do you have anything else? That... Honestly, I loved his introduction. I think they played his love for women very well here it's not over the top but it's it's just perfect enough like i genuinely believe like okay i can see this man actually fawning over women but not in like the worst ways possible like he's like someone i can be like okay now that's a cool guy right there that's a you know that's a man <laughs> i see you yeah or really go ahead i mean he's done <laughs> go ahead get her <laughs> like i can't be mad at you bro well yeah like i don't feel like he's someone i could see someone wanting to put a restraining order Yes. <laughs> it's, it's not over top like in the anime. I mean, granted, they I knew they weren't going to be... I, I was curious to see how far they would take it. I mean, obviously, they're, they're not going to be like him waving crazy and having the hard eyes like popping out. Say, in the anime, he was like over the top. It, it's super expressive in the anime. And for here, it's more reserved. And I think it actually fits Sanji a bit more, yeah. especially in a realistic setting. It's not over the top. All he does is, you know, okay, I'm grumpy looking and sounding. Okay, I see someone who I find attractive. Oh, hi, how you doing? You know, would you like some champagne? Would you like, you know, sparkling water, plain water, ice, crush, no ice? You know, it just completely changes character, and I love it. It was very fitting. Yeah. Um, he reminds me of this one character from this uh, one skate movie that I had seen before. Cause his name is like Sweet Lou. Okay. He, he's just like smooth talks. He's like so cool. So like, you know, go with the flow. I don't know. He kind of reminds me of that. I don't think Sanji would be a person to go with the flow, but I, I go with I, the I, flow. I, kinda, I, I see what you mean though. Yeah, like he, he, is, like, he is kind of like a smooth talker. Depends yeah. on who he's talking to though. He just <laughs> seems like he's doing everything. I wouldn't say with a purpose, but he definitely knows what he's doing. If that makes sense. So the next scene that popped up with them, you know, again, like the scene with Kobe comes and goes. Uh, they we get back to him and it's like they're all stuffed. They're all like, I can't eat another bite. You know, I'm gonna burst if I have another bite. And here's Luffy like, should we get dessert, guys? Like, I'm hungry for dessert. It's like, oh, Luffy, no, 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 no. Zoro's just like, I got mine right here in for in his drink. And you know, here we see you know, oh, cheers to our victory to our our win over the Marines. And it's just like Nami being the realist, similar to Helmeppo taking a page out of Helmeppo's book, being like. What win? We were unprepared, unorganized, uncoordinated. We should be dead. And it brings up the question again, why is your grandfather the fleet admiral? Like, why is he an admiral of the Marines? And that doesn't get answered because, you know, the bill comes along. Sanji brings over the bill and Luffy, you know, just, you know, hands him, like, writes whatever, hands it back. And he's like, oh, thank you. And Sanji's like, no, thank you. And walks away. I was like, oh, he they actually paid and... Immediately, I was like, okay, they didn't change this at all. They they brought it back in a different way. Um, and what I mean is Luffy, instead of paying, write, basically writes an IOU to the restaurant. <laughs> all the food that they ate, all the drinks they had, what's Luffy do? Writes an IOU and tells the head chef, put it on my treasure tab. It's like, dude. Dude, that's not going, well, bro. No, this, no. You, you don't. You, this is like the the worst way that you could have tried to dine and dash. Yeah, I I thought. I mean, when he did it, like just signing, I was like, that's a weird way to pay. I was just like, what? Why? And then, 
Not to mention, even before that, Nami's still ranting about, like, I don't know how many fights you guys have been in, and Usopp's just like, two dozen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Usopp's just Usopp. a pathological liar at this point. <laughs> yeah. that, and again, it fits his character, the camaraderie of the crew. It's like, Usopp will lie about anything. He will say that he met Goldie Roger. He will say that he's going to be King of the Pirates. He will say that he's... He's the captain of the ship. Exactly. He'll <laughs> say anything. He'll say... Give him the chance. He would put on a Marine uniform and say, I'm part of the Marines. Yeah, he's so... He would. Wow. He would. Okay. Usopp, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Get yourself in trouble. But basically, yeah. Luffy gets called out about his IOU saying that's not going to work. Yeah. And as payment, it says, no, you can wash dishes for a year. And meanwhile, while Luffy gets dragged into the kitchen, you know, to wash dishes, Cook yells at Sanji again, get out, you know, just telling him again, you know, in front of Luffy, you're not cooking because you're garbage dish. And we see Luffy actually try that dish that was basically thrown out. We see that final scene between Kobe and Garp, you know, the discussion about, you know, do you fit in the uniform? And then after that, we get back to Luffy. Sanji asks him, you know, how's, how's it being a dishwasher, Luffy? And it's just like, eh, <laughs> break some dishes you know it's like okay less dishes that i gotta clean but still you know trying to pay off his debt and luffy mentions how he loved the dish and he starts talking with sanji and asks him you know what's your deal and is your dream to take over the restaurant and sanji's like i could take over but the old man won't let me but he has a different dream and his dream is what what was it he mentioned the all blue his dream is to go to the all blue which was i believe what is it again the all blue is an ocean that consists of fish from all four oceans of well, the One Piece world. Yeah. There's the East Blue, West Blue, South Blue, and North Blue. And this one, the All Blue, contains fish from all over there. So he wants to go there to catch all different types of fish to cook up and continue his creative process with cooking. It is kind of interesting. It's just like it's a different dream versus, you know, Zoro wanting to be the strongest pirate, Luffy wanting to be, or strongest swordsman, excuse me. Luffy wanting to be the king of pirates, and then Usopp just wanting to be a better, stronger person, I guess. I don't know. Yes. And we, we still don't know what Nami's goal is, but I, I feel like we might get that soon. But yeah. cool goal. I was like, all right, you know, still keeping his dream, still keeping it around. And while they're having this discussion, we see a random pirate walk in being like, I'm famished, I'm starving, help me, I'm going to die. And Sanji, at the drop of, like, without missing a beat. Being a real one. Being a real real one, exactly. Yeah. Starts cooking for this guy, and we see one of the, the other cooks walk in. Uh, I, he had a name, but I don't recall it was in the anime. I, I couldn't I remember. Mean, I don't think but he was named. Like. Complete side note, before I continue. The cooks, when they appeared in the anime, kind of would always give Sanji, you know, a bit of a hassle about being a cook. And it's like, yeah, you're the best cook, but you can't take over the restaurant. Like, what? I wish we saw some of that, but him being like that that cook coming up to Sanji being like, it's your funeral because you're cooking in the restaurant, you know, and you shouldn't be. I can't even say his, I looked it up. I can't even say his first name. I know his second name is Patty. I think that was the one. Who... Yeah, like the, the big muscular guy. Yeah, that's him. I can't say his first name. It's like Patty Sire. Like, it's a very hard name to say. Patty Sir or something? I can't. I don't know. Let me say I, I don't know. That's a that's an aw, that's a weird name. Oh, yeah, I cannot say that. So we might as well just call him Patty. <laughs> <laughs> Patty. Basically, Sanji gets told, it's your funeral. All right, go ahead and cook for this guy. So yeah. feeds the guy, and it's like, oh, thank you. I was going to die. I'm starving. And tells him, basically, you know, 
we were out looking for the one piece, you know. Part of, you know, my captain was undone on the Grand Line. 50 ships, 5,000 men, gone. And that might be a hint to someone or something, an event we might see, but I, I'll keep my mouth closed for right now. I thought it was in relation to Mihawk. Um, it might have been, it not, might not have been, but it's your face you're making. Maybe, it might be. It, it might be related to me, Ock. It might be, it might not be. We don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But it definitely is something to note, and that just shows how dangerous the Grand Line is. Luffy asks Sanji, you know, hey, join my crew, and Sanji just doesn't give an answer. He just contemplates it, and he hasn't given his answer. So maybe he's convinced, maybe Luffy has convinced Sanji, I'll join my crew as a, as a cook and, you know, as a pirate, and maybe he did convince him. I don't know, because in the anime, he it took quite a few episodes for him to convince him, but, like, Basically him begging, join the crew, I need a great cook like you. I mean, Luffy, like, he recruits these people in a way where it's like, you're stuck here or else you're just going to come with me. Because the same thing with, uh, oh, I wouldn't even say the same thing with Usopp because uh, Kaya wanted to kind of find herself and take care of herself at that point. But uh, like, he always finds a way where it's like it's a, a really important choice in that person's life where it's like if you're just going to stay in the same place for the rest of your life or you're going to go find your chase your dream. So. Yeah, I mean, technically <laughs> said, that's I exactly know. what he does. Like, I can't, <laughs> can't say much else. But that whole scene ends and we get, we're taken to Nami, Zoro, and Usopp. They're sitting out on the bar and Usopp is just enjoying himself. Yeah, He's, he's dancing... He's having a good time, and Zoro and Nami are just sitting there having a discussion, and Nami looks stressed, and Zoro's calling her out on this. Like, why are you stressed? What is this burden you're carrying? Why why are you scared? Like, seriously, what are you scared about? And Nami doesn't want to tell him, so she proposes, let's do a drinking game. I know something about you. You take a drink. If you know something about me, I take a drink, and Zoro gladly accepts and Zoro goes first and says, Nami, you're from a city, you know, you're from a big city, you know, a lot of friends or whatever, and completely wrong. Nami says she grew up uh, next to an orange grove in a small village. Zoro takes a drink. Then Nami guesses about Zoro. It's like, you grew up, you had no friends, you didn't really know anybody, you were all alone. And Zoro almost takes a drink for that, but then actually says, no, I had one friend, and Again, nod to Karina or Kuina. You know, I made a promise to her, and you know, she was my one and only true friend. And they both take a drink because the Adama Nami felt like she wanted to take a drink. And <laughs> in the meantime, Usopp, you know, still keeps going, and he's three sheets to the wind. He's gone. He's gone. He he's gone, <laughs> and he's sitting there talking the grand story, like as all of his grand stories go, at the bar. And lo and behold, oh, someone takes interest. Oh. It's Mihawk. How'd you get here? Yeah. It's just Mihawk just shows up and asks, Mihawk asks uh, Usopp, I would like to meet this Luffy person and your crew. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Usopp makes the introduction and Zoro immediately like knows who Mihawk is. And Mihawk is like, I want Luffy. Where is Luffy? Doesn't give an answer. And Zoro says instead, I challenge you to a duel. Zoro, are you, are you drunk? Did you have too many drinks with Nami? Are you crazy? Yeah. Nami is basically saying the same thing. Zoro, you're crazy. You can't do this. Mihawk accepts as though he has never heard of Zoro. And even though Zoro makes his introduction, I am the pirate killer, you know, the pirate demon. Uh, Mihawk still is like, all right, fine. I accept your duel. 
fight. We'll do it tomorrow morning. Nobody is able to talk uh, Zoro out of this duel. Nami is like, you should, this is crazy. You shouldn't do it. Even though your dream is to be the very best, you're like, I think you're the best, but you're going to lose Zoro. Like, completely trying to avoid a conflict. And Zoro says, why do you care? It's like, because you're my friend. I thought you said you don't have friends, Nami. And I was like, that's cold. Yeah, I was just like, come on, Zoro. That was cold. So, just the whole camaraderie and everything we've seen throughout the episode. I I thought I was like, this is it. Nami's gonna leave, yeah. and Zoro's gonna have this duel, and we're not gonna see Nami ever again. Yeah. So, or at least for a good while. At least for a bit, because in the anime, without talking too much just yet, Nami does leave, uh, from the restaurant before the duel happens yeah. in the anime. I won't say for what specific reason, but it is partially because of the duel. She does leave. Partially is that reason. But there's another reason, and that will be explained in a little bit, which is a uh, possible spoiler for the next episode, if I'm right. But that's pure speculation. Usopp is being sick. Zoro's hyping himself up, and Luffy is sitting on the front of the ship just contemplating life, basically just being like, okay, Zoro's got a duel. There's a warlord after me. My grandfather's after me. What's next? It starts raining cats and dogs. I thought that was the end of the episode. I almost thought that was the end of the episode, too. I was like, you're you're not going to cliffhanger on the duel. I was like, right? that's it? Even though they do cliffhang on everything, it's just like... I was, I was like, you can't cliffhang on a duel. Yeah. Like, especially Zoro and Mihawk, so... Zoro and Mihawk, the duel is about to start, and me, you think Mihawk is going to immediately pull out his sword. No, he what's he do? He pulls out, like... Basically, what what could be described as like a, a letter, butter knife. a butter knife, a letter <laughs> opener, <laughs> like just this tiny little sword. I was like, oh, yeah. they they kept this in there. Uh, so, going into this duel, I gotta ask you, Trey, because you've never seen the anime. Did you think Zoro could win? No, no, no. Even when he pulled out that tiny little sword, and no. you you were like, no, 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 I did not. I mean, not even like a scratch on Mihawk. Not even he couldn't get a scratch. You at least I, not even that. No. I, I honestly knew Mihawk was just gonna like just wreck Zoro. Like even like he's not gonna be, I don't know. I just didn't have any confidence in Zoro, honestly. Like I knew he was probably gonna be trying his best, you know. But I feel like he's just too confident. He wants to be the best. I I see that. But, you know, there's always gonna be somebody better than you and Mihawk was that person who was better than him, so I mean just Mihawk set or um when he pulled out the small sword He's just I don't hunt rabbits with a cannon, and Zoro's like, I'm no rabbit, I'm... Yeah, and Mihawk just has that, like, I wouldn't even say confident demeanor. He just has that demeanor where it's like, nobody can mess with me. He's got that experience. He's faced, you gotta think, he's faced how many pirates, how many swordsmen in his life, and just defeated them all. Garp called him up. That's why I was like, okay, he he got some stuff on him if Garp caught him up. I'm not worried about him fighting Zoro, but... You know, I, I wanted Zoro to do his thing, but unfortunately, it was a one-sided battle. So, the fight goes on. Yeah. Zoro's trying. He gets called a frog in a well by Mihawk. And I'm just like, that. that's a that's a new insult. I've never heard that one. I'm going to yeah. keep put that one in the back pocket for myself. <laughs> um, but the, the fight goes on, and Zoro ends up being the... Uh, he gets got by the letter opener, and <laughs> me, he, gets, he, gets, he gets got, and... Mihawk is just like shocked. He's like, why didn't you retreat? Like, you knew I was going to get you. Why didn't you retreat? And what was it Zoro said? He, uh, 
I can't or my dream, if I retreat, my dream is lost forever. Yeah. And that just shows Zoro's committed to his promise with Queena and being the very best. No one ever wanted Cut that. <laughs> oh, wow. But he's committed to be the very best. And if that means he has to take a couple cuts and scrapes, so be it. He is determined. So Milog, satisfied with his conviction to win, pulls out his sword and pull, he says, you are worthy of uh, Kotoru, which is the big sword that he has. And this is where I mentioned this is one of the great swords in the One Piece I don't remember, again, if it was 21 swords or if there's less than 21, but there are a lot of great swords. Zoro's sword is one of them, and this sword is arguably the strongest sword. It's one of the supreme. The supreme grade ones. Yeah, so, like, arguably the strongest. There's, like, there's like five different ratings. There's, like, yeah. the one that Mihawk has is supreme, and there's a level under, and Zoro has one of those, which is yeah. still, it can rival Mihawk's sword. It just depends on who wields the, the supreme to put it the way i understand it the supreme blades are basically if anyone uses this sword you you are you can win like without any training basically wow kind of you you, that, you, you need training to use the swords yeah, but it depends on the specific sword you got to be careful yes that's yeah but in most cases if you're like lesser trained in swordsmanship and you have one of these great swords you most times you could beat people if with weaker swords, even if they have more experience. If your experience is lacking, but you have the sword, the sword, the strength of the sword can almost make up for the lack of experience. Whereas the sword that Zoro has is one grade lower. It's still just as great, but you're, the swordsman needs to be more experienced to have a chance against one of the supreme swords. I mean, he didn't even use that kind of. He uses regular swords until that end where he like, you know, puts it in his teeth. But right, I don't really know if that did anything. I mean, the attack. The attack goes through. Like he gets an attack in. It just meet the register. Basically, like <laughs> he lag switched. I didn't hit him. What are you? A cheater. No, but the duel goes off, and at the end, Zoro's two offhand swords get destroyed. He is defeated. He didn't get cut by Mihawk's big attack. His swords got destroyed, and it's like you, you game over, game set match. Zoro, so Zoro accepting defeat puts his sword away and turns around, and Mihawk's like, "Why, why are you still persisting? Like, what are you doing?" And Zoro says, and I quote, "Wounds on the back are a swordsman's greatest shame." And Mihawk was like, "Magnificent, all right," and just cuts into him. Yeah, and after he cuts into him. Basically tells Zoro, come find me when you're stronger. Get stronger and come seek me out. I will see that you, I will be the person to end your dream, but I want to see how far you can go, basically. And this was basically how the anime played it out. Granted, the fight went a bit longer and there was a little more flair that kind of happened during the, their fights, for lack of a better way of describing, because there were outside things happening. I think this fight in the live action was longer. Was it really? Cause if uh, cause I just looked up the one in the anime and it said it lasted for two minutes and forty one seconds. Hey, it lasted longer than Kuro's fight. Yeah, it did. <laughs> While the one in the anime lasted four minutes, so mm. it lasted a little bit longer. It lasted a bit longer. Yeah, I think it was probably more. It added a little bit more dialogue than was. Yeah, in the original. I think there was more dialogue in the anime yeah. than uh, the live action, but 
I think the scene was done relatively. I think it was beautiful. Well, I loved it. It was good. It gave me goosebumps at the end. It kind of reminded me of like the Pillarman and Joseph Joestar. He's like, you know, you come see me when you get stronger. Yep. Yeah. But like, so I'm excited to uh, see that too. I I was I was satisfied. I was hyped for the fight. I knew I knew how it was gonna go, <laughs> but I was still like, come on, do it, Zoro. Give it to him. Yeah. You know, I, I I was I was happy. So Mihawk, you know, gives Zoro his first loss since he has faced Kalina. Gives him the biggest scar he's ever had on his chest. And, you know, Mihawk asks Luffy, you know, what's your goal? And he says to be king of the pirates. And he kind of like, okay. And it should be noted earlier, before the duel started, when Mihawk first meets Luffy, he's like, oh, you are a young upstart. And he just, like, I like your hat. Yeah. He does say he likes his hat. I was going to, I was like, is that like a nod to um, Shanks or? It is a nod to Shanks. So Mihawk. I will just flat out say, Mihawk does know who Shanks is, and that's why he kind of mentioned, like, offhanded, I like your hat. So we might see maybe in the future an appearance with Mihawk and, you know, Shanks. I don't know. Maybe. Hopefully. I don't know. I'm just hoping we see Shanks again because I think Shanks is, like, one of the cool guys that I would love to see more of in the live action, but I digress. Mihawk mentions to Luffy, you know, it's like, being King of the Pirates is going to be harder than beating me. I hope you know what you're getting into and you know basically leaves and again tells you know Zoro come back when you're stronger and this is where Mihawk tells Luffy you know the world could use more wild cards as Garp described Luffy you know the world could use more of you so he kind of just doesn't go after Luffy he lets him free because he could easily capture him yeah. so yeah easily if you wanted to so Mihawk leaves saying both of you get stronger Zoro lifts up his sword and go and declares, just like in the anime, and I think this scene was like the best scene in the entire episode, was, from now on, I'll be undefeated and be the best. I'll never lose again. And he makes a promise not only to himself, but declares, and Mihawk hears this in the anime and is satisfied and is like giddy that Zoro is trying to kill him, yeah. that he will not lose to anyone until he encounters Mihawk again. And, you know, then we get the scene, Zoro passes out, you know, he's losing a lot of blood, you know, what what happens? Cliffhanger, of course. Yeah. You know, like... All the other like, episodes. Come, like, come on, Netflix. Yeah. But yeah, that was this episode in a nutshell. Like, before I go any further, and before we end it all, and before I talk about what was missing from this episode versus the anime, yeah. and what might be in the next one, thoughts on the episode overall, now that we discussed, you know, the entire contents of the straw hat crew mihawk the fights overall i mean i i really enjoyed this episode um i enjoyed the introduction to sanji to mihawk to we never really ran into a powerful enemy like mihawk so it was kind of cool to see how the challenges that they faced as the crew together because nami came back we didn't even mention like nami coming back and like standing by usap and stuff like that so i think it's just pretty cool to see them come together as a team and just be there for each other, so. Yeah, because Nami was going to leave but as the duel was starting, and I, I did not mention, thank you for bringing that up, mm -hmm. that she comes back and watches the duel happen. Yeah. So she doesn't end up leaving, which I think maybe something in her change. She's like, no, I, I should stay here. They are my friends, you know. Let's let's see how this goes. I feel like she knew Zoro didn't mean it when she said when he said that, I thought you didn't have any friends. It was just like a, a hit in the moment, and he just really wanted to battle me out, and... 
So it was nothing personal. It's like, this is my dream. Yeah. This is what I'm out on the sea for. I got to do this, you know, whether you think it's crazy or not. And I, I, think, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I think Nami came to a realization like, okay, I just got to be there for him. You know what I'm saying? In this time of when he wants to prove himself and uh, if he falls, I'm there to catch him. Wow, that was amazingly said. Um, overall, loved it. Probably, probably my third, maybe second favorite episode so far, outside of the second one, only because you know I like Shanks a lot. Yeah, and Shanks is like my favorite character <laughs> right now, outside of Mihawk. So, you know, any Shanks content I can get, I'm always gonna love it. This episode, it really did everything so well, especially Sanji. I'm just, and for me, that's what elevated this episode so much was how they handled his character. I think it was wonderful, and I hope they keep it like this yes. going forward. I love the little clip of the fight we got. We didn't really, you know, we didn't see a lot of him fighting, but we got at least a little glimmer of what it is, especially him using his feet, yeah. his legs, which I was, like, a little worried about how that was going to look, just trying to fight with your legs in the anime, but I think they did it and translated it very well. Um, And then the duel itself, there's really not much to say. It was just... It was wonderfully done. I believe they were able to capture a lot of the emotions from the anime, which I was going to be a little worried about. Um, I'm glad they kept in the little butter knife letter opening. <laughs> See, that was, it was amazing. It put in perspective the power difference between a warlord and the straw hats, which I think is going to be very crucial for next season. Oh, very much so. Um, you mentioned the emotion of the fights, uh, specifically uh, Mihawk and Zoro. I think the emotion was there. Maybe it's just biased towards the anime. I felt like there could have been just like a little bit more, just a, just a smidge. But I'm still satisfied. I'm so happy with how it turned out. Um, I think maybe Mihawk was definitely done well. His his demeanors, his how he talked, you know, his thought process, everything. I I think was done well. I just like the delivery seemed a little different. And again, I think it's because I'm watching. One Piece in English for the first time, yeah. and the anime I've watched like almost the entire like half the series. I've watched half the series in dub, you know, in Japanese. So I'm pretty sure if I went back and watched it in English and compared how the delivery happened in the English anime versus you know the live action that's in English, I think it would be the same. And I think that's just where you know uh, the bias is for me from anime to live action, just because of the language choice. I'm still satisfied that uh, the emotion was there for what it was. Um, I don't even think I have any critiques for this episode. None really for me. Like, everything was pretty spot on. The backstory with Kobe and Garp was welcome. Yeah. Uh, the interaction with the Straw Hat crew and Mihawk and everything was done well. The fight scene was shot well. There was emotion to be had throughout the entire episode. To see everybody the set, stronger. Yeah, the set looked great. All the scenes looked amazing. The restaurant was fantastic. Not much else I can critique that was actually in the episode, but before we end this episode, I do want to briefly talk about what was not in this episode that either will never make an appearance or could possibly be in the next episode. And what I'm initially going to say is Don Krieg. In the anime, Don Krieg, when... uh. Zoro and Mihawk are going to duel. Per that pirate that showed up that was starving yeah. is a crew member of Don Krieg. Okay. So in the anime, he mentions that to Sanji, I'm an underling of Don Krieg. We're all hungry. We're all starving. We're all war-torn and battered. Sanji ends up feeding Don Krieg and his crew 
and Dom Krieg ends up attacking the restaurant because he wants a new ship, which you were correct in saying the ship that we saw Mihawk destroy was one of Don Krieg's. Okay, okay. So when Zoro and Mihawk do end up having their duel, Don Krieg is there causing chaos to everything else, and Luffy ends up fighting him. And I think that was like some of the tension that was kind of missing because Zoro doesn't want to lose, not, not because Mihawk is there, but also because if he loses, Luffy could be in trouble. And he doesn't want to cause more trouble for Luffy because he was the first crewmate. But I think that the fight outside of that was done well still without Don Krieg's interference. But I hope Don Krieg does show up because it we saw the power difference between Zoro and one of the seven warlords. That is a ginormous gap that you could not fill. Like you, you can imagine it, but you're like, how big? Like I need something better scale. Don Krieg versus Luffy, I think, would be a more eye-opening power scale. Because Don Cree, it like lost to Mihawk, and we saw his bounty. It was like, it was Seven, around 17. 17, 18 million, something like around there. Yeah. And Mihawk's bounty is redacted because he's a warlord. He doesn't have a bounty anymore. He's He works for the government, you know, basically. Yeah. I think that fight would be a bit more eye opening to the viewers just to see how big the gap really is. That plus also, I just kind of want to see it. I want to see Don Cree's battle armor a bit more honestly yeah that's fair honestly i was a little surprised that he just fought mihawk at that point and we didn't actually see him appear i was kind of expecting a little i mean i expected to see him fight luffy i didn't expect the fight to go on that long again the condensed series and this is like episode five there's only eight yep so i didn't expect it to be long but for them to take it out and make it where oh well no he already lost that's why we're seeing an underling of him coming now i think Makes yeah, sense. It makes sense. I didn't dislike it. I would have, pers- you know, I would have loved to see it, but at the same time, it's like it's not something I'm gonna be mad over, especially since they did Zoro and Mihawk so well. It's like, okay, I can forgive you for that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we will see the fight. It's just something that is not yeah, in I this episode that so. versus the anime. We probably won't see it, but it is something to note that something of importance that, like, you know, was kind of included but not really. Yeah, but. That's not what was in the episode and what probably will not make an appearance. I want to kind of quickly predict what might be in the next episode. And that is we have we are probably going to see Sanji and his backstory. On top of, I'm just going to say his involvement, the head chef is involved in it. I know me and Jeremiah know all yeah. this, but I'm just letting you know, Trey. What do you think is the involvement between Sanji and the head chef and their backstory? How do you think... Do you have any guesses as to how they even got together in the first place? Like, what's their relationship? Nah, I just know they got beef. And the way they be arguing, it seems like they have had beef for a long time. So definitely evident that there's some history there. But as far as how it came to, I have no clue. Okay. And then the only other thing is we don't... I haven't said his name at all, and I'm not going to say his name. The head chef is someone important in the next episode I'm going to say because it has like the backstory has to happen in episode 6 so I'm just going to flat out say pay attention to who the chef is and the relationship with Sanji and the flashbacks that Sanji like with including Sanji it's going to be very important and I mean when Luffy told the head chef what Sanji did for the um, stranded pirate that was really hungry I mean he kind of was like hmm like he was waiting for Sanji to mess up so 
Uh, he he seemed kind of happy. He was, didn't he say like, "Oh, good." Yeah, he was. Ha- I knew he was kind of oh, sarcastic though. Like it was like, "Okay, good." And like this is a way that I can like get over on him. I don't know if that'll be a way he gets over on him, but yeah, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see. Speculations though, just speculations. It is all pure speculation because again, even though the episodes are all out, we're doing this one episode at a time. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else we can really discuss. Spoilers, non-spoilers, predictions, speculation. Is there anything else you guys want to add, though? Oh, well, good. Um, maybe just a little praise to the actors and yeah, how the costume designers and all those. I think they really did. It, like, it shows they truly cared for this, and I'm so glad they put so much effort into me. I just, you know, <laughs> I think they put a lot of effort into a lot of the characters and bring it into real life because, you know, it's pretty hard to do it, but... I think they did a pretty nice job, especially this episode. Like you said, the Baratier. Yeah. Prop props to everyone involved uh, in One Piece. You know, the live action, just like bringing the characters to life, the actors, the costume designers, the set designers, the scripting, the direction, everything. Just props to you guys. Props to Netflix on so far. Hopefully, uh, the, these last three episodes are amazing because yeah. um, they keep this going, like season after season after season. I think they will, and I'm just going to mention it very briefly. If they probably will go into a season two, uh, that is the Alabasta arc, and it's been rumored and speculated. I did a news bit on this not too uh, very recently, or not too long ago actually, uh, that Jamie Lee Curtis is looking to play a role in the live action. Okay. And I discussed, I briefly mentioned the character in that. I'm not going to talk about it here. We can talk about it off air. Huge character in season two, includes an introduction to a straw hat crew, is very pivotal, important in season two. I'm excited. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. And and I think she's just a big super fan because she was like, at the time when the Writers and Actors Guild were on strike, she mentioned, you know, once it's over, I will lobby with the rest of the fans and want to play a character in the the live action. I'll just say the name, Dr. Kura. Uh, Kura? Kareha, 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 Korea. How you say? She, I, I, I. There's like five different pronunciations yeah. I heard. I'm not sure. Basically, she wants to play the the a doctor that shows up in the second season of One Piece live action. And they actually got back to her and said, you know, once we get what we want, you know, the strike's over. Let's talk. And as of now, like it's been over for a while. They must be in talks. So this might get cut. And if it doesn't, then yeah. cool. But whatever. Yeah, I think that is everything that we can discuss about One Piece. Thank you very much for listening. As always, I pre- we appreciate you guys listening to us, you know, fanboy, fangirl about One Piece, you know, how the, the food looked amazing, you know, the action was great, the costumes were great. Mihawk looked amazing with his facial beard and his mustache. I love it, and I I, I want his hat. Give me the hat. <laughs> give, give me the hat. Like, give me the drip, please. <laughs> I think that's all we have to discuss. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed hearing us talk about One Piece as much as we love watching it. So until next time, we'll see you on episode six. But as per usual, my name is Sava. My name is Jeremiah. My name is Troy. And we'll see you guys on the next episode of the One Piece live action review. Peace.